0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM.
1: Hey, 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 praise the Lord. The Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Amen, amen. So I got a couple of scriptures before we receive our guests, family, it's not really guest guests, but it's family, It's family. Um, thank God for it, right? Amen. So on Matthew chapter ten, verses forty through forty two, it says, Whoever receives you receives me, whoever receives me receives him who sent me. The one who receives a prophet, because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. The one who receives a righteous person, because he is a righteous person, will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he's a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So when we receive a person, right, when we receive a person um, and what God has given him, of them, then we're really receiving the Lord. When you honor a ministry gift, you, uh, you're really honoring the Lord. So what are some ministry gifts? you got pastors, teachers, evangelists, um, prophets, apostles. Then you have other ministry gifts. And uh, Emmanuel is more than just a teacher, but he's going to teach the word this word. And you could be really anointed, right? Really, really, really anointed. And really, we got a word from God. But if the people don't receive, right, what's going to happen? Remember Jesus? I got scripture for this. Jesus went to a certain city, and he could not do no miracles. Because of their unbelief, right? They didn't believe he was really anointed of God, and so if you don't receive, I know we don't have thousands of people this morning, but it's okay, right? Because we're two of them. No, just kidding. <laughs> if you read the early service, you know. <laughs> Get the listen to the Cloud for, for, but um, so um, so you have to receive. Will you receive a? ministry um, gift, uh, we can put a demand on that ministry gift and get more out of it, more than his, his study, more than what he's prayed, and we want to be that type of people this morning, right? Anytime you come one o'clock to a service, you're coming for business, right? <laughs> you ain't got no time to waste. And so I want y'all to receive our brother, my friend. Um, I'm mad that he's leaving in January, but, you know, the Lord the Lord going to get him. And so, (laughs) and so um, it's not like I call them like, yeah, can you come preach like tomorrow? (laughs) Um, I could, but all right. All right. uh, So this is, let's just pray right now to be open to receive, amen. Father God, I just thank you. Um, Lift up your hands. Grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of your power? Because they believe. And Father, I pray that you will fill them with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Father, I thank you for filling them with knowledge that they had not, not working knowledge of God, how to operate in this world, how to live out the kingdom. And Father, we thank you for our brother that, Lord, we will receive this gift from you, Father. We receive him. Say, I receive the gift of God inside of Emmanuel in the name of Jesus. I put a demand on that gift. I've paid fully close attention to what the Lord has to say through him. In Jesus' name, amen. So y'all go ahead and receive our brother as he comes and delivers the word of God.
2: Good afternoon, Kingdom Life Living. Kingdom Living. <laughs> Life living. Same thing.
3: <laughs> it's good
2: to be here. Um, it's been an amazing weekend and opportunity to celebrate with our friends. I want to give honor to my wife, Nicole I remember I'm 17 years. Y'all should definitely clap better than that for that. Uh, we love each other. We like each other, and um, yeah, it's been has been an amazing journey. You uh, we look forward to so definitely was part. Uh, I love doing light work. Well. Uh, my beautiful daughter, Summer Rose Lambert, who just ran out to do something probably with the kids, um, but she's here as well. So it's amazing. It's awesome to have my family here, celebrating um, with our extended family <laughs> um, on this auspicious weekend. Um, so we love you guys and we're grateful to have been, um, that you thought of us to be a part of it in this, it, so, in this capacity. So, um, let's get right into the word and, um, let's pray and Let we get right into the word. Father, thank you for this time. Pray that you would, um, thank you for your word, Lord. It is spirit and in life indeed. It does what no man can do. Um, it has the ability to cut through the bone, the marrow, all the fluff, and judge the intent of the attitude of the heart, uh, so we you speak to us through your word, Lord God, in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Um, keep player, don't go too far, what's your name, brother? Trey. Don't go too far. Yeah. <laughs> Stay close. Uh, <clears throat>
3: so this morning we're talking about the five secrets of Satan, the five secrets of Satan, and... The reason why this is so critical
2: um, is because it's really, um, it's really important that the people of God are aware of the strategies of our enemy. Um,
3: Satan is he's a defeated foe, but he's a formidable foe, nonetheless. Um, he still wages war
2: particularly against the grace, I mean, against the people of God. Um, it's interesting, you you know, we have a saying like, why are you mad? That's something like that people say, like, it's a common saying in our culture, like, why are you mad, right? Hey, well, what you mad for? All that grammar is all messed up, but like,
3: <laughs> why, but why are you mad? But, and when you think about Satan, it's, that question actually does come to mind. Like, what is the root of Satan's anger
2: towards the people of God. And one of the things that comes to mind for me is the fact that he actually never received the thing that we're receiving every day, which is grace. It's something that Satan has ever never got the opportunity to experience. Only the people of God experience grace. With Satan, it was one and done. And I wonder to what extent he envies us and hates us on the basis of the fact that we get to experience such a precious gift that he never got a chance to. Um, And so we are dealing with a a being that is at odds with us, opposed to us, and also hates us because of our relationship with Jesus. You know, Satan hates us,
3: but it's not just because of who we are or who we're connected to. He really hates Jesus. <laughs> That's his real problem. And we just happen to kind of be in his crosshairs because, because of what that relationship
2: is. that Because we're in him and he is in us, um, we end up becoming kind of a casualty of war, so to speak. And so um, it's important, though, for the people of God, if we're going to persevere into the end, because the goal of Satan is to ultimately get us off course, to cause us to, to detour us. Um, to kill us, to destroy us, all the things that the Bible says. And if we're going to effectively continue this journey and persevere to the end um, without giving, submitting and succumbing to the whims of Satan or being defeated by him, then it's important that we be aware of his strategies. And so with all of that said, um, today we're going to talk about those things, all of
3: those things, a few of those things, that Satan wishes to withhold from us because as long as he can keep these things close to the chest and we never know them, then he can
2: easily blindside us. Because if we're aware, then we're prepared. He knows that. Um, So with that said, we're going to just look at some um, some of the ways in which Satan is attacking us, the secrets of Satan, the
3: things that he doesn't want you to know. Number one, the first thing that Satan doesn't want you to know is that he exists? He does not want you to know that he exists. The truth of the matter is that, as, as, in as much as we talk about Satan, or um, we're preached to about Satan, um, or
2: uh, you know, we even talk about the demons in our own mind.
3: Uh, the truth of the matter is that we actually, we really don't believe. That Satan is who he really is. Like, we don't, we really are not convinced that he is what the Bible says he is. We are actually quicker to run to or rush to a much more natural conclusion, which is good. It's healthy because we're both. But it's, it's, it's not, it's, we make a beeline to stuff happens in our lives. We watch the
2: world turn upside down. We look at what's going on in politics and, Everywhere else, we look at what's going on in hip hop. We look at what's going on in entertainment. We watch, and we see what ha- what's happening in the movies. There's a dev- there's a devolution of um, morality. Uh, you know, that are morally, we become increasingly more
3: decadent, and uh, we just we're watching the decrease and decline and. We see all of these things and we have, there's a natural, we have, nat, where we make a beeline to what the natural problem is and then we also make a beeline to what we believe the natural solution to be and we never factor in the fact that maybe the devil, <laughs> it could, I just wonder, it might be a small chance that the devil is involved, that the devil is somewhere in the mix, pulling strings, speaking, influencing, looking for more ways to antagonize. Could it be possible that there's actually this other being at work against us all that's looking to destroy the world? And maybe not every problem has a natural root, but maybe it's supernatural. And so the one thing that Satan wants to convince us of is not just that he doesn't exist. Some of us hear that and it's like, no, I believe that the devil exists, but here's what Satan wants to do. He wants to convince you that the realm in which he exists is not real. So what Satan wants to do is he wants to, he wants to um erode any sense of a supernatural realm. That's what he wants to get at. This is this is where this is where all the this is where things are in the the re- the world of scholarship now. Right? In the realm of scholarship, what the greatest priority is given to something that's called humanism, or the greatest priority is given to something that's given to science. Right? We're all we're we look we're, we're 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 losing we're losing that sense of this other realm. Is there really this other realm out there? If you're anything like me, I am a natural born skeptic. <laughs> I am naturally skeptical. Now I'm not cynical, but I am skeptical because a cynic is a person who, even if they hear the truth and the evidence is un- without a reasonable doubt, they still won't believe it. They still won't embrace it, rather. A skeptic is somebody who they'll doubt, but if you provide them with the evidence, they'll say, oh, okay, I get it. That's me. <laughs> a cynic is somebody that, I don't care what you said. I don't care what you showed me. You follow me? I refuse to believe. And so we live in a world, though, of cynicism, we live in a world of, unless I can see it, touch it, taste it, hear it, smell it, I will not believe, and I wonder to what degree the church has, is, being, is, is is embracing this mindset. When I hear the devil, and I think of something else, when you think about how the devil is talked about in our culture, people talk about devil as a metaphor. He has distilled himself down to a metaphor. He has reduced himself in the minds of the culture as a metaphor. The demons in my mind. That's what people say, isn't it? <laughs> right? The demons in my mind. I'm fighting these demons. All these demons of this demon. I'm fighting this demon. Of, people don't know that alcoholism is actually demonic. <laughs> but then I think when they say that, when they're saying they're fighting this demon or fighting these demons, it's a metaphor. It just means I'm, I'm dealing with some bad stuff. I'm wrestling with some negative things. They don't really mean the devil. They don't really mean demons. But the Bible gives us a clear description. Gives provides for us clear a clear understanding of not just what is in front of us, but what's behind it. So everywhere you look in the scriptures, not everywhere, but many places that you look in the scriptures, you're gonna find not just what's in front of you, but what's behind it. So, for example, I need you to turn with me. Turn with me. To um,
2: turn. Turn with me. To um, let's go here. Let's let's start here. First Timothy.
3: The question is, what's behind it, right? It's not what is in front of me, but what's behind it. We keep stopping at what's in front of us. And we don't take the time to try to. We struggle with taking the time, the time to really figure out: Is there anything more going on here? First Timothy chapter four, verses one through five. If you got to say, "I got it," First Timothy four, chapter one through five. Look what he says here. So now, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter. Uh, And in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves, watch this, to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared, who forbid marriage, acquire abstinence from foods that God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. Look what he says here. He says here, now here, he, the, the context here is people who are basically coming, invading the church with false religious ideas. That's what he's talking about here. He says, there's some people that are going to come he, come into the church and pull others, pull Christians away. Watch this. Through the, uh, watch this. It says, uh, forbidding marriage, requiring abstinence from food, says like Islam and Hebrew Israelism and all of that, basically. Go back to the law, forbidding marriage, don't eat these foods, eat this, don't eat that, wear this, don't wear that. That God, he says, the stuff that God created to be received with thanksgiving. They'll say to you, no, 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 no. Don't eat that, don't drink that, don't touch that, don't taste that, don't go here, don't go there, don't wear this, don't. He says, These people, we just see these people. That's it. We see the people, we hear the doctrines, we hear the teachings. Paul the Apostle says, there's actually something else going on here, though. He starts off, now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter days, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to the deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Now this, here's what's interesting. What they're teaching is called asceticism. Asceticism is really, asceticism is really, um, it's it's really legalism. In other words, it's, it's 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 the stuff that it's the stuff that makes you appear to be pious. So when you think about people of other faiths, one of the things that's attractive about them is how they appear to be pious. It's the appearance of piety. That's why the Bible. That's why Paul the apostle says that he says he says they have the they have the form of godliness. That's what draws you in. It's a form of godliness. It's the impre- it's the impression of godliness but they denied the power thereof here Paul the Apostle is saying some will be drawn away and seduced by spirits and the teachings of demons. So when you hear this stuff when you hear these false religions when you hear fa- when you hear false religious teaching. We can't just chalk it up as something that is natural. We have to understand there's more to it, and the reason why that's important is because then you know how to fight. See, you don't know how to fight if you just think this just oh that's just Islam. Oh, that's just my daughter. She just converted to Islam. Oh, that's just my niece. She, he just I mean, oh my nephew. He just he just uh, converted to Hebrew Israelism. Or that's just my, and he just, we, we, see, we, we don't know how to fight that, though. We don't know, we don't know to fight that in the spirit. Because we don't see that as happening in the spirit. But the Bible says this is the teaching of demons. Also in the book of James. Because this is asceticism. But then there's a, there's another, there's something else called lasciviousness. Which is basically, I can believe the right thing, but behave the wrong way and be okay that's what's happening in the book of James. The Bible says, the Bible says but but the Bible says this, but says this in the book of James chapter 2. It says, so many people will be living this way. They'll say, I have faith, but there will be nothing to prove it. <laughs> now watch this. He says, this however is the doctrine of demons because even demons believe this and shudder. Even the demons believe God and they tremble. So the there's a there's the doctrine of demons is lasciviousness I can, or licentiousness. I can believe the right thing, behave any way I want to, or it's asceticism. Believe the wrong thing, behave the right way. Shh. All of it's demonic. <laughs> ah! All of it is demonic. What's behind it? All we see is a conversion. God says, but there's seducing spirits. There's something behind it. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. What's behind it? It's not just what you see. God talking here. See, I I I feel y'all. I feel y'all. See, see, this see, this is the war though. See th- this right here is the war. There's a war going on in the realm of the spirit that we don't. That we're so dull to, like our senses. This, this is exactly where Satan likes us. Dull, apathetic, indifferent, disconnected, aloof, perfect. Satan says. Perfect. I got the church right where I want them. They don't care. Great. They don't really believe it? Great. They think I'm the, they think that all the depictions of me in the movies is the real me? Perfect. Perfect. I got them right where I want them. They apathetic when they they're apathetic about coming to church. They're apathetic once they get to church. They don't really want to worship. Perfect. Because they don't believe there's something in another realm going on. They won't pray when there's trouble. Perfect. Because they don't believe there's something going on in another realm. The Bible says this. First Corinthians chapter 10. Chapter 10. Watch this. Verse 19. What do I apply then? Watch this. Paul is talking to the church of Corinthians about food. They're they're struggling with what they eat. Because remember, people are coming along, don't eat this, do eat that. That's like a big thing. But on what basis? Well, don't eat this based on the fact that it was once offered to a pagan god. So it's got soiled roots. It's got a sully origin, <laughs> right? I heard that about rap all my life. Like, don't be a Christian rapper. How can you be a Christian rapper and look at its roots? Look at its origin. And if that, if we lived that way, we wouldn't even be in America. <laughs> if we looking at stuff's origin. <laughs> but here he said, but, but here the Apostle Paul is wrestling with the Corinthian church, trying to free them up in one sense, and then put Put bumpers and boundaries and uh, raise a level of cert- a certain level of sensitivity amongst them because some of them are just eating casually. Like I know I'm offending you by what I'm eating. You just came out of Islam and I'm in. You come into my house and I'm cooking up a good pork chop and you, but you still have that sensitivity. So, but and, and I'm just like, yeah, but you know you're free, right? You know you ain't got it, and I keep going. Well, Paul the apostle is like, no, 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 no. You have to be sensitive to that person that they have a weaker conscience so you have to be you don't want to be a stumbling block to them just do do something do steak instead of pork tops for now until their conscience is clear in that particular area not that they're right it's just that their conscience bothers them about it Woo! and you as a believer have a responsibility to be sensitive to what's bothering them what's troubling them so so just set your wave your right take concede your right to be right, concede your right to do what you know you have the liberty to do for the sake of your brother. Paul the apostle is trying to help them to learn how to be sensitive to each other's convictions, but but at the same time he wants to still be clear theologically, because he goes on to say the truth of the matter is there's nothing wrong with the pork chop, even if it was out Even if it was offered up to an idol, he says, there's nothing wrong with the pork chop. Whatever God calls clean, don't you call unclean. The whole thing, it's it's perfectly fine, right? So Paul is basically, he's trying to help them through this tension, right? So here he is. He said, verse 19, he says, well, what do I imply then? Am I implying that food offered to idols is anything, right? Or that an idol is anything, No, he says, no, what I'm implying, he said, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. What this? You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord, and the table of demons. Look at what he's saying here. He's, what Paul is getting at is this. For you, it's just an idol. Oh my God. You think it's just an idol. It's not just an idol. What's behind the idol? is what's really going on. See, Paul is getting behind it. He's like, the big deal is not this wooden Statue that was carved that's not the big deal. We keep making big deals about stuff. That's not That that ain't the big deal The big deal is what's behind it? The big deal is the demons the spiritual thing that's happening behind it listen watch this And watch this (laughs) there were ceremonies that were performed the ancients would perform these rituals right they, they, were, they were called the opening of the mouth. <laughs> the opening of, of the mouth was a ritual. There were three stages of these rituals. Whenever they would... Whoo, I get over, I'm sorry, y'all. Listen, because because here's the thing. When when Listen, I used to struggle with this, though, because I'm like, but what's the big thing? How could they just bow down and worship wooden? Because I've seen this for myself. I've been, by God's grace, I've been all over this entire world I've seen this. I've seen these idols. I've seen real life carved statues that people pray to and people purchase to sit in their houses on a shelf. I've seen this with my own eyes, but I'm still baffled. (laughs) I'm still baffled by it. I'm still confused. But this cleared a lot of things up for me. Especially with regards to how idols were worshipped then. Because those, the idols that were worshipped then, they would, they would have to be processed through a ritual. The ritual is called the opening of the mouth. The opening of the mouth was a ritual where they literally would pray and invoke, uh, and invoke supernatural spirits to open the mouth of the idols. To bring life, oh my God, to breathe life into these idols. Because they thought that if their mouths were, because once their mouths opened, that was an indication my God is alive. You can read this for yourself. This is not stuff I'm making up. This is stuff you can actually read. They, this stuff is in the Akkadian texts. In the Akkadian text, they document these rituals where they prayed until the mouth of the idol was opened to indicate my God is alive. So when so when so when Elijah stands up, woo, when Elijah stands up and says, Choose this day. <laughs> Listen. He's, he's, he's saying choose literally because they were worshiping idols. They were worshiping other gods. But these gods were thought to be alive. That's why that challenge was so great. Because during that challenge with Elijah on, on the mountain, the Bible the, what Elijah does is he talks them. They're crying out to their God. They're crying out to Baal. They're crying out to him day and night. And there's no answer. <laughs> there's no response whatsoever. And Elijah says, what's going on with your God? Is he asleep? Is he on vacation? Is he on the toilet? He literally says that. <laughs> he literally says, is, did he go, is he on the toilet? Did he go to the bathroom? <laughs> he says, how long will you be divided between two opinions? Two gods seeking to retain both options. The true and living God, Yahweh, and the idols and the gods of his day. What was behind it, though? Spirits. Satan. It's more than what you see. Therefore, you must fight like the war that is before you is more than what you see. (laughs) What is behind it? There's more than meets the eye. Satan doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to think. He's not there. He wants you to think I'm not really real. God is real, but I'm not. <sighs> if you listen to hip hop or anybody, I don't care who it is. If you watch a red carpet, if you watch a, if you watch the actors walk the red carpet and do interviews, then everybody will say, and I believe that such and such is in a better place. If they have someone, if someone dies in the industry, well, we know he's in a better place now. Everybody will say that, because what Satan is convincing the culture of is that God is real and that heaven is real, but that He is not, nor is the place He dwells. He don't mind you believe in the good stuff. <laughs> He don't he doesn't mind you buying in to God's existence. That's why that's why James had to clarify that and say even demons believe that. Cuz not even that is enough, but Satan don't mind that. Because listen, that's why in James he says even demons believe Satan and they shot that God, Satan don't mind that. He don't mind people believing in God is, long as you don't believe he is. <laughs> He don't mind you believing that heaven is real long as you don't believe in hell. Let's throw hell away and just call it annihilation. If he can continue to convince us that he is not. Well done. My good and faithful servant is what he says. Because one of the things we don't realize is that God is not the only one with a will that's being accomplished in the earth. God, talk in here. Shh. The Bible says in Timothy, it says, And you, were, you have been freed from the snares of Satan, of whom you were once held captive to his will. So when the Bible says that will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Satan says my will be done on earth as it is in hell. So Satan, so the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, and the spirit of this age, with referring to Satan, is at work in the sons of disobedience. His will, God taught, his will is being done on earth. As it is in hell. Shh. The will of hell is killed, still destroyed. Get what you want, but through manipulation. That's the will of hell. <laughs> Rise to the top by any means necessary. That's the will of hell. Shh. You need money? Strip. That's the will of hell. My will be done on earth as it is in hell is what the devil says. And if we are not aware, we will not be prepared to fight this war waged against the world and the people of God. You think Hitler did what he did just out of pure human evil? You think he exterminated strategically, causing them to think they were going one place, getting showers when they were getting killed, exterminated? You think that was pure, just pure human? I'm not saying the heart is not that wicked. I'm saying that I am certain, especially in light of the fact of who he was annihilating. What's behind it? You think when Herod said, kill every baby, that was just human? The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12. Go there, go there, let's go. Let's go Revelation 12. Let's go when you got to say I got it and say it loud. Y'all quiet. That's still quiet. That's, that's still That's still quiet. Watch this. Watch this. Now watch this. See, see? when see when remember what Herod wanted to do when Jesus was born? Remember, he knew this king was here. Remember, he knew that this king was coming. He didn't like that. Herod, I, I did. A, 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 I want to do more, but I did, I did. I did some research on Herod. See, we just see Herod in the Gospels. When you read the life of Herod, Herod killed his son, poisoned him. <laughs> no, Herod was an animal. Killed three of his brothers. Herod was an animal. This wasn't done in a vacuum. When he said kill all the babies, that wasn't new to the people around him. That was par for the course for Herod. That's what he did anyway. If you can kill your own son, what would make it hard for me to kill the son of another, especially one that poses a threat to me? But see, the only thing we see in the natural is Herod saying, ordering an execution. (laughs) That's the only thing I see. When I read the word, I only see Herod ordering the execution. But there was something behind it. Revelation, look what he says here. He says, uh, let's start at verse 1. And a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet and her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. Remember, he wanted to kill Jesus. Watch this. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. What do we have there? We have Mary, the woman, and we got Satan. Watch this. His tail swept down a third of the stars of the heaven. That's how we know we're talking about Satan. Because he took a third of the angels with them and cast them to the earth. And the dragon, watch this, stood before the woman who was about to give birth. <laughs> so that when she bore her child, he might devour. Look at this. Look at this. God said, look, look at what God says here. All we saw was Herod ordering an execution. What was happening behind it was the Bible says Satan was already in the manger. Waiting for him to be born to devour him. She says, says, verse five, then she gave birth to a male child. One who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne. (laughs) God preserved him. Oh, my God. God preserved him. Behind the execution was a satanic order. We see all this genocide. We see all this, mass this, mass that. That's satanic. People of God, if we do not take this serious, that's including me. Because what happens is we become numb to the news. They probably were numb. It was so much drama going on in Jesus' day. <laughs> They're like, oh, another execution, just like another mass execution for another mass shooting. we like, oh, next, scrolling next to Kim Kardashian. They probably scroll right to the next pop culture event. God said, do not become desensitized to the fact that there's something else going on that only the people of God can do something about. Oh, my God. only the church can do something about Satan at work in the earth only the church because we are the body of Christ we are Christ in a sense we are the extension of Christ he is the head we are his body the way the only way to deal with Satan and his movement and strategies in the earth it's through what we have. Oh, yeah. Only we have it. Nobody else can, has it. There's more than what, must, than what meets the eye. There's more than what meets the eye. It's not just what you see. Satan doesn't want you to know that he exists. That's one. Two, I won't get through all five. He doesn't want you to know how he gains access. Two ways that Satan gains access. He gains access through entry points and unguarded absorption. He gains access through entry points and unguarded absorption. He gains access through entry points points I told this at the earlier service. <laughs> you know, we had an issue with, we normally just have an issue with a mouse. I guess, as everyone does, right? Everybody has a mouse or two that comes into the house at some point. Doesn't mean your house is dirty, just means you got mice. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> they show up, they're no respecter of person, of class, or they just show up. Well, We just thought it was a kind of a normal situation. Like we thought it was going to be a typical mouse situation. So when we saw the mouse, we just did what we would normally do. We went to Home Depot. We got our traps. And, uh, you know, we put the traps down. We caught one mouse. We thought it was a victory. Well, it turns out we saw another one. Okay, cool. That happens, right? So we go out. We get another trap. Boom. We lay it down. Catch another mouse. Boom. Victory. Victory is won. And then we see another one. We say, oh, shoot, wait, this is kind of feeling different than normal. <laughs> so we go out. Of course, my wife at this point is having a fit. Um, so she don't play with the mice. She she don't play with the mice. And these mice were different. I'm serious. I'll I have to show you. But anyway, they, they were different. They had all kinds of different powers. So we went out to Home Depot, and we got... We got more traps, right? But this time I went out and I got the bigger traps. I got the rat traps for the mice. And so we laid the rat traps down, woke up the next morning. And now by this point, <clears throat> I'm starting to like, you know, quarantine the room. Like, I gotta quarantine the room, tell nobody to go in there. Cause my wife wants, she wants to make sure the mice are gone. So I have to like really set the room up. Like, it's like, like I have to go, I have to, like, I gotta get like special equipment. To make sure that the mice go to one room. Like we set them up real good. Like we put all the food on the floor in one room. So they congregate in that room. We put traps in the middle and like a V shape and then put them around the borders of the wall. And then we get the poison and put that. So I, I gotta, you know. So we did all of that. Ken woke up the next morning. On the one trap, there were four mice. So wait uh, whoa. <laughs> So what we realized is that a mama made it into the house and had babies, and them babies was everywhere. <laughs> they started jumping out the stove. They, I mean, it was like ratatouille in there. Like I'm, I promise you, like they, these mice, were, it was an infestation. I mean, they was doing tricks. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Like they was. No, for real, like they was running to the trap and jumping up. We was like we never seen this before. One jumped the broom, like if we had seen stuff we had never seen before. So, I, I so I had to end up <laughs> so I had to end up calling an expert in. So I called an expert in, and the experts. The first thing that he said to me was, "It's not enough to set traps." I'm like, "What you mean? That's what we do when you have mice. You set traps." <laughs> Right, that's pretty clear, isn't it? (laughs) He says, no, that's actually not enough. The only way to stop this is to seal up their entry points. I thought to myself, man, that's a crazy concept, isn't it? How much sense does that make? Because at this point, it's not about catching what's already in. It's about how do I keep them out? How do I keep the mice out for the future? That's the biggest question, isn't it? And what I didn't realize, because at that point the the exterminator started going around the entire house finding all, I would have never looked for those cracks. I would have never looked for all the cracks in the floor, on the sideboard, outside, in the garage. I mean, he was looking for nests. He was finding stuff in the ceiling. He was by the heaters pulling off the covers. I mean, I would have never looked all of these places. I would have never thought to look for the entry points in all the places that he did. This is why we need God. Because there's no way we can even know what all of our entry points without, without God. We don't know what all our entry points are without God. So he did that. He sealed off the entry points. And we did not have a problem from that day forward. Because he kept them out. Satan looks for your access points. Keep. One thing you have to understand about Satan is, although there's a general framework, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, he still customizes his temptations. They're still tailored to who you are. (laughs) Satan already knows that one won't get him. That won't work for her. This one. Not that one. this one. He customizes them because he knows exactly he's been watching us long enough to know. He knew with Jesus where the, where the buttons were. He knew with Jesus, no no no, I could get him with this one. anything having to do with the work of the Father. That's where his soft spot is. <laughs> his problem ain't gonna be women. Keith looks at some biz, people in business and says, "I know people. I know men. Their issue is not women as much as it is power." And Satan is like, he keeps the women at bay. Don't worry about him. I got him. I know how to. I know how to work him. It's power. His issue ain't power, his issue is money. Right, don't worry about it. I got him. He customizes the temptations. This is why you have to be discerning. This is why you have to be aware. Because your, because your temptation is your, your temptation is tailored to you. Shh. It's not generic. That's why the temptation of Jesus was kingdoms. Oh, my God. Because what Satan was appealing to is what? The the thing that was already his anyway. All Satan wanted for Jesus to do was get it quicker. To shortcut the cross. To skip the cross. I'll give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus is mine. He has to be wrestling with this is mine anyway. The father did tell me in his humanity, of course, the father did tell me this was mine anyway. Satan is just saying, just take a shortcut. Take what belongs to you later now. This was the God talking here. This was the issue with the prodigal son. The issue with the prodigal son was the prodigal son went and asked his father for the money. That wasn't the problem. That was his inheritance anyway. He just wasn't supposed to receive it until dad died. <laughs> oh My God. So the issue for the prodigal son wasn't what he asked for. It was when he asked for. <laughs> And it's what he wanted to do with what God had given him, what the father was to give him. It wasn't just that he asked, what did he do with it, though? See, sometimes that's the issue. God is like, I just can't give it to you now because of what you'll do with it now. The prodigal son took the money and squandered it. Had he waited until his father died, he would have had the character. He would have had the fortitude Said no, He would have known exactly what to do with what had been given. <laughs> oh, my God. But he couldn't, and he didn't because he got it prematurely. Satan knew with Jesus, let me appeal to the thing that already belongs to him. I just want him to get it quicker. If he gets it quicker, there's no cross, and if there's no cross, there's no redemption for us. tailor, customized. Therefore, be aware he gains access through unguarded absorption and unforgiveness.
2: I'm going to go to the second one because I did unforgiveness earlier and I'm going to press the second one.
3: Satan, he finds an entry point when you are not just when you absorb things. When you absorb things without a filter. Unguarded absorption is his access point. <laughs> Watch this. It's not the absorption, it's not just that I'm watching this or it's not just that I'm listening to that. It's that I'm listening to it without a guard. <laughs> so, if so, so so in, in, in our own household, my, my daughter she saw on my Apple Music, I think I had chance or Kanye or somebody, and she's like, Daddy. <laughs> She's like daddy. You you listen, you're listening to Chance the rapper? And of course I have to explain to her. I try to parse it as best I can for her. But the thing is, I can actually she can't listen to Chance and I can. Only because now I can't listen as a diet. I can't wake up to Chance. (laughs) You you know what I'm saying? But I can listen to Chance, and she can't because she doesn't have the same guardrails as I do. She doesn't have the same bumpers as I do. She doesn't filter it the same way that I do. She will walk away too confused. Listen, But then there are certain things that I still can't do, that I learned that I can't do. For example, and I don't impose this on anybody else. Please don't take it as that. But I stopped watching, by and large, scary movies. Not because I don't like them. Me and Wifey used to sit and watch American Horror Story like it was the Cosby Show. Like We couldn't wait (laughs) to the next week. (laughs) We loved America. America' Horror story is like, babes, uh, go going for the door for, on this one, babes. I don't want to tell you this right here. Make sure summer goes away. Yeah, try, try to go to the, to the. Thank you. She go peeking. She probably heard her name. uh uh-huh, she probably heard her name. Newsy, hustling, ear hustling. So she go. She all cool. All right. But we, but we, I stopped watching. America Horror Story. And I'm not lying to y'all. Listen, I was raised conservative theologically, so I don't go looking for spooky. But I believe, as you can hear, I believe wholeheartedly in the realm of the supernatural. But I don't go looking. I'm not like, what they got those new shows like paranormal hunters. Like, I'm not running into an abandoned building looking for ghosts. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) so I'm not that guy so when I say it you must believe it (laughs) I was waking up at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning seeing people in my hallway
2: I said oh no
3: that happened two times that happened two times and I told wifey I'm done. I knew what the correlation, I knew what the I already knew that's a gateway. I already, I was literally waking up and I don't sleepwalk. I'm clear. If I wake up at 6 a.m., I bounce up, I'm clear, always. Thankfully, that's how I'm built, that's how I'm wired. I wake up at 6 a.m., I'm the same way at 6 p.m. I'm the same guy. I woke up, walking in the hallway. Three people. And I prayed, and I prayed. And it happened to me before, so I was familiar with it. But it happened on the hills of another scary movie called White Noise, where where I was being awakened three, four in the morning, feeling sp- spiritual oppression on me, and having to pray and sing and pray and sing until it was shaken, until it broke. I know, I listen, I know there was a connection that was when I first stopped, and then I went back and tried American Horror Story and started seeing people. But then I went back because when I was ten, I used to wake up. I used to, I used to nev- not go to sleep. This is the crazy thing. When I was ten, I used to somewhere between eight and ten. I couldn't go to. Sl- I wouldn't be sleep. I would get in my bed, and the bottom of my bed was nothing. Until every, until I cut off my lights about five minutes into my time, sitting, sleeping, laying in my bed, a man would be at the bottom of it. I'm not exaggerating. A man would be, and I started screaming to the top of my lungs. This happened night after night until one day my parents came in a room and said, Son, we've been praying. We really think you need to get rid of some of your toys. Now when you ate, them toys, (laughs) them toys, I was literally like, (laughs) I was literally crying. (laughs) But I knew they were right. Never saw them again. There was a court because the toys that I was playing with, were based on cartoons that were satanic. Entry points. Entry points. Some of you witness and experience oppression. Oh, God, talk. Some of you experience spiritual oppression, spiritual weight, spiritual gloom. A depression you can't calculate, because nothing in your life equals depression. Nothing about your life actually should make you depressed. Yet something looms. Yet there's still a weight you carry. I guarantee you, you've opened the door somewhere. Jesus talking here. Somewhere you've opened the door. Watching illicit activities that begins with a P and ends with an N. You've opened the door. Because the Bible says that those are actually idols. Bible says that money, <laughs> the Bible says that money can be an idol. Colossians chapter 3, read it for yourself. We read earlier, what's behind idols? Demons. The Bible says sex can be an idol. Colossians 3, the Bible says in all of these things, it says well, it says money, uh, sex, three more things that I can't think of. It says, and these things are idols. We read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul says, that, and it's not the idol, it's the demon that's behind the idol. We try to shake the thing. Oh. And we wonder why once we shake it, it comes back seven times worse. That's because we shook the thing, but not the thing that motivated or inspired the thing. What's behind it? We shook the thing, but not say, the satanic Influence or inspiration behind the thing. Why can't I stay free? Because you shook it, but not him. What's the keyboard? Unguarded absorption. God says, and above all else, guard
2: your heart, for out of it flows the issues of life.
3: Paul the Apostle says in Ephesians 6, therefore, put on the fool or the breastplate of righteousness which will guard
2: your heart. It all starts,
3: you gotta bring me back (laughs) again. (laughs) I can't get through it. It all starts with you guarding yourself. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. If you are in this room and you are dealing with satanic oppression, nobody's watching. Do me a favor.
0: That concludes this week's message. And thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200. Or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also,